Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Praise God. Can we just give God a shout of praise? Man, we were able to join in worship for the first time. The leaders, we got together and we worshiped together. First time in about five months. And let me tell you, there is something different about when you actively participate. So I know it might sound crazy, but right there in your home, wherever you are, can you just take a few seconds? Can we just give God some praise? Can we let him know how good he is? Lord, we thank you. Lord, we love you. You are amazing, Lord Jesus. We're so grateful for your love. We're so grateful for your grace. Come on, just begin to worship him right there where you are. Actively participate. Church experience is totally different when you participate. Lord, we love you so much and we're grateful for you. Hallelujah. It is Sunday, y'all, and there is no better place to be than in the house of God. I'm so excited that you have taken these moments to join us on a Sunday Welcome Christ Uncensored and welcome anybody that's tuning in. Maybe you click the link that was shared to you. We want to welcome you. And my name is Ro. You could call me Ro or Pastor Ro. I serve here as a lead pastor along with my wife Lisa of this church, beautiful church community called Christ Uncensored House of Worship. We lovingly say Kuhau, where love is our logo. We don't want to be known for our talent. We don't want to be known for how how studied we are. We want to be known for our love. This is how you would know the that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. And if you don't have your t-shirt, make sure that you reach out to your team leader. Let them know that if you're part of the dream team, let them know. If you want one, please email us at connect at kuhau.com. If you're looking for a t-shirt, please email us at connect at kuhau.com. I'm ready to preach y'all. First Peter chapter two, verse 11. Uh, I want to share this message with our church community. And um, I want to say it this way. Some of the messages that I share um, has, has a broad audience. And, and some of the messages that I share sometimes has a more specific audience. Uh, I really believe that my main responsibility is to pastor our church, our church community. And so if you're tuning in for the first time and you hear some of the, this message and it might feel like it's being spoken specifically to a church community, I want you to kind of sit back and enjoy this message and hear uh, what God wants to say to our church today. Thank you so much for taking this time. And that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to preach this message, man. God put this message in my heart. First Peter chapter two, verse 11. Ready, set, read. It says, dear brothers, you are only visitors here. You're only visitors here. Peter is letting us know, listen, this place that you reside at is temporary. You are only visiting here. And why? Since your real home is in heaven. Uh, the place that you reside at right now, this is temporary. Uh, I think that this is a good reminder for us all that we are in this season, that it is temporary that we are in this season. Since your real home, your real residency is in heaven. Now, here's, here's what he says, and this is what we're going to really dive into today. He goes, I beg you to keep away. So, so you, are, you are visitors here. This is temporary. Heaven is your real home. And then he says, and so because of that, I want you to keep away from the evil pleasures and desires. I want you to keep away from the evil pleasures and desires. The evil things that you want to do. What are the evil pleasures and desires? Pastor, well, I don't got evil pleasures and desires. Is the thing in your life that you know that is not good for you, that you have a tendency of doing. This is what he's talking about. The evil things that you do that what? That are from this world. And he, he's making a contrast. He's saying there are things that are from this world that you need to keep away from. He's talking to a body of believers, people that have professed faith in Jesus, people that are professing faith in Jesus. And now he's saying, now here's how you practice your faith in Jesus. You profess faith in Jesus. Now here's how you practice it. He goes, you got to remember that you are a visitor. You got to remember that your ho- heaven is your home. And you also got to remember 
to keep away from these evil pleasures that come from this world or a corrupt nature. And here's why they are not for you. For they fight against your very souls. These things that are not for you, they fight against your very souls. So important, the condition of our soul. He's saying that there are things that are actively moving against the stability of your soul. They are warring against, they are waging war against your soul. The Apostle John says in his letters, he says, I pray that you prosper as your as your soul prospers. Jesus says in Matthew, he says, what is it worth to gain the whole world, yet lose your soul? Lose who, who you are on the inside. What is it worth to gain everything on the outside and the perceptions of the outside, but lose who you really are on the inside? Your soul. Today, I want to talk to you on this this subject, Intruder Alert. Ooh, that was good. I hope the message is as good as the title. Intruder Alert. And we're going to be talking about the intruders of your soul. The intruders of your soul. Put that in the comment section. Intruder Alert. Intruder Alert. Intruder Alert. Intruder Alert. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments that we get to share together. Lord, help me preach this message. That's three and a half hours in about 35 minutes. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Some of you may know this story. Some of you may know this story. And, but I love sharing this story. And, and it's, it's really when Lisa and I first got, we first got married. And when we first got married, uh, she couldn't sleep in our apartment because it was too quiet. I don't know, but she, she comes from Brooklyn. And if you're from Brooklyn, you know exactly what I'm talking about. She moved to Staten Island and she is asleep. She could not sleep. And uh, apparently something about uh, sirens blaring, people yelling and gunshots puts you right to sleep when it comes to Lisa. Because when she was in Staten Island, she could not sleep. And I remember this one time at three, three o'clock in the morning, I got a tap. Ro, 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 did you hear that? And I'm like, hear what? Ro, did you hear? I'm like, hear what? She jumps off the bed, she goes, somebody's breaking inside the house. And I'm like, what? I had th two thoughts. First one is like, I gotta go and protect my family, my home from an intruder. The second thought was, I gotta get there before Lisa gets there, because I'm not gonna let her tell the story that she took down an intruder while I was sleeping. It's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna let that story be told ever, all right? Beneath, uh, uh, we ran to the kitchen, because I'm not gonna let that happen, and by the grace of God, Thank God everything was safe. There was not an intruder. No one was trying to break in. No one was trying to do us harm. Uh, she was just hearing the quiet. And the when, you, when, when something is quiet, you hear the rattling. But thank God nothing happened. Um, we were completely safe. And I thank God because I could just imagine an intruder coming into the house. And I'm, I'm like, yo, you... You break into my house. Ooh, you got some work cut out for you. Like, you break into my house, I'm, I'm becoming super samurai ninja. Like, you are going to be welcomed with Superman and Wonder Woman. We are the tag team duo. I'm, ain't nobody going to take hold of our home. And this is what you do, right? If you ever think about an intruder coming into your home, you know that you got to keep that place safe. Right? Like, you think about an intruder coming inside. Like, I ain't going to let nobody. Like, you imagine you see an intruder. Even if the intruder was coming into your home and just sitting down and watching Netflix, eating some cookies. You're like, what in the world? You better get out of here. Right? Like, that's why we have locks. That's why we have alarms that go off intruder. That's why we'll call for backup. That's why we'll call the police. Because we will do everything in our power to remove the intruder. Somebody shout, intruder alert. Intruder alert. Today's message is going to serve us as an alarm to let us know, intruder alert. And what's an intruder? An intruder is someone who enters a space or a situation despite not being invited or permitted. I'm going to say that again. An intruder is someone who enters a place or a situation despite not being invited or permitted. Can I tell you? That we have what I want to define for us today as some intruders to our soul. Can I tell you that we have what we call intruders that try to not only intrude into our soul, but they try to take over 
And the truth is that we would never allow an intruder to come into our house, but so often the body of Christ has allowed intruders to come into their soul. We've allowed intruders to come and reside and our job is to remove them in the same way that in the physical realm we would walk into our living room and see somebody that doesn't belong there there we would say hey what are you doing there we would question them being there we would say you need to go you don't belong here you don't got permission in the same way i believe today i don't know who i'm speaking to today but i believe today we're going to serve notice to every intruder to our soul we're going to look at straight in the face straight in the eye and let them know serve them notice hey you've been intruding my life for long enough you don't belong here anymore you ain't got permission you haven't been invited you gots to go intruder alert intruder alert and this is what peter is warning us of peter's letter says dear brothers you are only visitors he says you are only visitors here since your real home is in heaven i beg you to keep away from the evil pleasures and desires the evil things that you want to do of this world, the corrupt nature, they're not for you. For they fight against your very soul. They fight against your very soul. Another translation says that, they are, that these things are waging war against your soul. And sometimes we are living a life as if, as if there isn't a war being waged with our soul. Like we're dancing, we're singing, we're prancing around, we're skipping to my low as, low as if there isn't a, a war being waged in our soul. We're trying to do marriage in a healthy way. We're trying to do relationships in a healthy way. We're trying to do our job in a healthy way, not realizing that there is a war that is being waged against your soul. And when the Bible talks about these feelings and desires and these pleasures, it's talking about a system of feelings that come from the flesh. Hear me. Peter is addressing a system of feelings that are that come from the flesh. And I want to define for us what this system of feelings is. I want to define for us some of these intruders to our soul. It's a system of feelings that penetrate us so deeply that it will prevent us from living the abundant life that God has for us. Yes, you are saved. Yes, you are filled. Yes, you are going to church. Yes, guess what? You are going to heaven. Yes, if that's all you care about and if you place your faith in Jesus, that's all that matters. You are getting a skyrocket escort to heaven. But the question is, are you going to fulfill your purpose here on earth? And there are some things, there are some intruders in your life that are not allowing you to fulfill your purpose. There are some things in your life that have just gotten in the way of you accomplishing your calling. There are some things that are disturbing your peace. There are some reasons why you can't get to that next level in God. It's because we've allowed these intruders to come into our space without permission. And instead of us removing them, what we've done is made a nice little room, comfort, cozy place for them. And God is telling us today that we have to set the alarm and say, intruder alert, you do not belong here. And as I was preparing this message, I, I started writing some of the, the things that are disturbing our soul, the things that are intruding into the space of our soul and not allowing us to live the abundant life that God has for us. And I wrote about six or seven of them, and I quickly realized that you cannot preach seven of these in 35 minutes or in 40 minutes and so what I'm going to do is I've broken them down in the span of three weeks and so here's what I'm asking you I'm asking you two things number one I want you to commit to the next three weeks to set out this time where you can listen to this message and ask God to deal with these things that are penetrating your soul so deeply that it's stopping you from living the abundant life I want you to take this time and say okay Okay, Lord, I'm going to commit to these three weeks. It's one message that's going to be broken down in three weeks. This wasn't, I didn't plan to do a sermon series. I didn't plan to do a message series for us. But I really believe that this is what God wants us to hear. And instead of stuffing it in one message, I want to break it down every, I want to break down two each week. 
So this week, we're going to cover two of these intruders. Next week, we'll cover another two. And the following week, we'll complete the message series. And the second thing I want you to do is I want you to hear this with your heart open. What does that mean? That means that you're not hearing this message. You're not like, oh, that's a good message for her. <laughs> that's a good message. Oh, I don't got that issue. That's, that's not an intruder in my soul. I want you to really be open and see where is it in our life that I've allowed these things in some way, shape, or form to find a place and intrude my soul. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 7 says, Dear friends, we have these promises from God. Watch this. Dear friends, we have these promises from God, so we should make ourselves pure from anything that makes our body and our soul unclean. Did you hear that? He goes, we got these promises from God. Listen, it's a different approach when you don't know the promises of God. When you don't know the promises of God, you're going to allow things to intrude in your space. When you're living in a home that you don't know is yours, you allow people to come as they go. But when you know that this belongs to you, when you know God has given you an assignment, when you know that God has given you promises, when you know who you are in Christ, somebody help me preach. When you know who you are in Christ, you say, these things don't belong in my body. These things don't belong in my soul. And look at it says, our respect for God should make us try to be completely holy in the way we live. Pastor Ro, I thought you, I thought you teach that we are holy in Christ. Absolutely. We are holy in Christ. Our holiness comes because it's been injected through the blood of Jesus Christ in us. But this is what he's saying. He says, now let that manifest in the way you live you hear it he says you've been made holy you don't live to become holy you've been made holy now you need to live and I, I, I use this as an example a year ago around this time I dislocated my shoulder it took about four doctors in an emergency room to relocate it back into position that's it it's back in position but it also took months of physical therapy to work out from that position and move for oh I'm, I'm preaching good right here and move from that position in the same way that God has made you holy and now he gives you his word to begin physical therapy and move from that place of holiness come on somebody he he allows you to move from that place now he's saying he's saying listen that you know the promises of God now you can remove these things that are unclean these things that don't belong in your life these things that are destroying your peace these things that are ruining your marriage these things that are ruining your finances these things that are ruining your very soul and here's the first one I want us to catch number one I'm coming in hard Dyron I'm coming in hard Rue I'm coming in hard Number one, anger. Woo! I thought I, thought I was going to ease into anger, but I'm just coming right off the jump. I'm kicking in the door, and I'm, I'm, I'm calling this intruder out by name. Number one is anger. 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 Anger is an intruder that's destroying your life. Anger is an intruder that's robbing you of your peace. Anger is an intruder that is destroying the relationship you have with your children. Anger is the thing that is tormenting you on the inside because you still don't know how to express yourself. So you boil it up all inside. And here's what you need to know, that it only takes 200, a little over 200 degrees Fahrenheit to boil water. And we all have the opportunity to get angry. We all have the propensity to get angry. We are all going to deal with the temptation of getting angry. But here's the question we need to answer ourselves. Are we going to live underneath just a little bit of the boiling point? See, the truth is that we're all going to get angry sometime in some way. The question is, if it takes 202 degrees Fahrenheit to boil water, am I going to live at 190? See, water doesn't boil at 150. It doesn't boil at 100. It doesn't even boil at 190. But it boils at around 202 to 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Question is, are we going to be living at 180, at 109? Whereas, it only takes a few things. 
something small, a few degrees, for us to boil over. See, for far too long, the body of Christ has allowed this intruder of anger to affect their souls. And so there are people who are professed Christians who, who we place faith in Jesus. And, and, and that's sincere. I know we love God. I know that, 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 that we've received what God has done for us. But there is something about practicing what we profess that becomes difficult at times. And, we've, and the reason is, is because we've allowed intruders to step into our space without permission that they don't belong there. And they don't belong there. They try to do what they want, what they want with your life. And so I've allowed anger. And for far too long, the body of Christ has allowed anger to stop them from leading people, to anger from stop, stop them from loving people. They've allowed anger to be the thing that disables them from fulfilling their calling. They only get so far because anger, because you're living at 190. You're living at 190 degrees. And then you say, oh, I'm just triggered. No, you're not triggered. Is that you're living at 190 degrees. And as long as you're living at 190 degrees, it only takes for somebody to cut you off in traffic. It only takes for something small to happen. You, you're living at 100 degrees, so small little annoyances drive you insane. You're living at a 190 degrees, so you're quick to hold a grudge. You're living at 190 degrees, so something so small can escalate quickly and become something so intense for you because you're living at 190 degrees. When you're living there, it's hard for you to go one day without getting upset. Woo! I'm speaking to somebody today, and I need you to hear my heart with, with a warm heart that for far too long we've allowed anger to, to take hold of our lives and, and that's when you have a tendency of, of raising your voice and yelling because you're living at 190 degrees. That's when you're easy to cut people off because you're living at 190 degrees. That's when you're defensive 100% of the time because you're living at 100 degrees. And listen to me, we've allowed anger to live here too long. The intruder of anger has made its way in our life. And instead of us removing it, we've made a room for it. I don't know about you, but I'm not allowing this intruder to have a room. It needs to be removed. Maybe it happened to you when you was a kid. Selah, we would say she had anger issues. I spoke to her about, uh, spoke about her last week. Selah had anger issues. And at four years old, we, we could have said, hey, that's who she is. She was just born that way. And at first, we did. Oh, she's just, she's, you know, she's angry, you know. You know where she gets that from. But I refuse to allow that to be something we make room for. It was going to be removed. And one day, Selah, at four years old, was set free from anger. I genuinely believe that if it wasn't for that day, Selah is 11 years old right now, 11 years old. And she has been set free from anger for six years. As a matter of fact, it was only until two years ago that she stopped saying she had anger issues. You know why? Because she would just say, yeah, I got anger issues. I was like, you've been told that, right? But when was the last time you really got angry? When was the last time you were living at 100? No, because they say ever since I was a kid, I always had anger issues. I said, yeah, baby, but you were set free at four years old. Have you gotten angry, angry the way you were at four years old? And so we've allowed those things to even define us. To the point that even when God is changing us and God has delivered us, we're still using them as reference points of identity. That's not who I am. I'm not going to make room for anger. I'm going to make sure that the anger is removed. James tells us, my dear brothers and sisters, always be more willing to listen than to speak. Keep control of your anger. Anger does not help you live the way God wants. And over and over, we can read the passages of Scripture where there is a strong discouragement of anger. Proverbs 29 tells us, 
Fools give full vent to their anger, but the wise bring calm in the end. See, a, uh, it says a fool. I'm not calling anybody foolish. I'm just saying it says a fool gives vent to their anger. In other words, a, f- a fool will will put more gas on the fire instead of trying to extinguish the flame. And that's why something small becomes something big. Because instead of putting out the fire, we're putting on gas on top of it. And anger is is one of those things that the reason that we get angry is because, or the reason that we can't control our anger is because anger allows you to believe that when you are angry, you're in control. See, there's something about anger that helps you feel like you are in control. It's a reaction that you have in order to to show you're in control. And so instead of controlling your anger, you use your anger to control others. And that's why many times it becomes our go-to emotion. Our go-to emotion is angry. We don't know how to be sad without being angry. We don't know how to be disappointed without being angry. Oh, you get hurt? Oh, you're angry. Oh, you're scared? You get angry. Because it's become the emotion that we have allowed to identify us. But here's what I want you to write down. Write this down. In order for us to remove this intruder called anger, you have to choose to keep your peace instead of losing your temper. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my peace. I'm not gonna let you take it away instead of losing my temper. I'm gonna keep my peace. When they talk about me, I'm gonna keep my peace. When they try to, ins- I'm gonna keep my peace. When they gossip about me, I'm gonna keep my peace. When someone cuts me off, I'm gonna keep my peace. When someone speaks to me in a negative way, I'm gonna keep my peace. And I instead, of losing my temper instead of going to the boiling point. And here's, here's the secret. Here's the secret. Man, the Holy Spirit showed me this. You need to catch this. That Jesus, the Bible says, that Jesus took on the full wrath of God and he extinguished the wrath of God. He fully placed it on himself. He emptied his cup of anger on himself. Hear me. Listen to me. When I think about this, how is it that I can hold my cup of anger on anybody else? So what's the secret? The secret is remembering and rehearsing that Jesus Christ emptied his cup of anger. It's found in the focus of Jesus. It's found in the view of Jesus. It's looking at the life of Jesus. Romans chapter five, verse one says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace. I'm gonna keep my peace. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8 and 9, it says, For God showed his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from the wrath of God. Why? Because it has been completely poured out on his son, Jesus Christ. And if Jesus received the full wrath of God that should have been on my life, I will never be able to hold my wrath over somebody else's life. If God is not doing it, I'm not doing it either. Because I'm so I'm so overwhelmed by the fact that God repositioned his anger to be satisfied in the life of his son, Jesus Christ. And that changes everything. If I feel like I am at the boiling point, then I have not allowed the water of God's love to extinguish the fire and the rage of my anger. And there's a difference. There's a difference when you try to do it in your own strength and you try to do it in the strength of Christ. We learned that last week. My plea is not that you leave this space and say, oh, Oh, I, oh, I got to go get anger management. 
I got to figure this out. No, no. My plea is that you would allow the water of God's love to extinguish the raging fires of your anger by acknowledging that his wrath was satisfied in the life and the death and the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's number two. I'm going to give you two today, two next week, and two the following week. And here's the second one, and we're going to conclude with this last one. Intruder number two is, here it goes, I came hard this week, offense. Intruder number one is anger, and the intruder number two that we're going to talk about is offense. An offense is something that it begins small oftentimes, and it gets planted like a seed in the soil of our soul. And it begins to morph into unforgiveness and, and it begins to morph then into bitterness and then it turns into resentment. An offense is like a, it's like a seed that, that you have a choice whether to water it or to stop it from growing. There's a quote that says that offense is the road that leads to destruction, but it's taken with small steps. Before you know it, you're at a destruction, not realize it just took one step at a time. And I think that we're living in a time, hear me, where offense is at an all-time high. I mean, when you think about it, how easy it is for someone to be offended. Can I speak to, can I, can I keep it real with you guys? I know that we're not here physically, but can you imagine me right now speaking to you on a one-on-one? -on -one? Can you imagine me right now standing on the stage of PS16, speaking to my heart out to this church? I know when it's on screen, sometimes it feels impersonal. Sometimes it feels like there's a disconnection. But can you just visualize me speaking to you physically at PS16 and I'm looking at the front row and I'm looking at everybody there. And I'm speaking to you with the heart of a father. We are dealing in times where everyone is offended. And this system of feelings that comes from the flesh has slowly but surely seeped into the body of Christ. Has seeped into so much so that we get offended even when we disagree with someone. Columnists are saying that people have become addicted to being offended because it gives them a self-righteous high. People are literally getting high off the self-righteousness hit that comes from being offended. And, then, and then some of you may be like, Pastor Ro, you don't know what it feels like to be offended. Excuse me? Excuse me, Pastor Roe. That's easy for you to say. You, who's going to offend you? No one is going to offend you. Do you know what it feels like to be a pastor? You're going to be offended. Listen, you're going to be offended and you're going to be hurt by people you try to help. You're going to be offended. That's just, listen to me. The difference is, the question is, when you are offended, are you going to let it be a moment or you are going to are you going to allow it to be a mentality? That was so good. I'm going to amen myself. Amen. The question is, when you are offended, is it just going to be a moment? Or is it going to be a mentality? We have to distinguish that in our lives because so many times we become offended, we become hurt and you don't like this is the difference. Like, like there's so many times that we've been offended. And here's the mentality of offense. When you have a mentality of offense, you don't just see it as a moment. So many of us have been offended and have remained offended in the body of Christ over a misunderstanding. A misunderstanding. Can you imagine how many times I've been offended? And it was just because I misunderstood. And I'm like, yo, I cried, I hurt. And three weeks later, like, oh, that's not what I meant. I didn't, I didn't say that. Oh, I thought that's what you meant. I thought that that's what you said. And sometimes we're so offended, we try to force that to be what they said. We try to force our interpretation to be what the person's motives were. No, 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 you must have meant that. 
No, I didn't mean that at all. Because we have allowed a moment of offense to become a mentality of offended. So many times we've been offended because of what we thought someone thought of us. So many times we've been offended because of what we thought someone thought of us. I'm, I'm hurt. Why? Because, you know, I think that this person, you know, I think that this and this and this. Oh, it, but you didn't, you didn't, you, they didn't say anything. Like, yeah, I just think, you know, the way they looked at me, you know, the other day we was at a church and they didn't hear my, oh, they didn't call me for three weeks. And we're offended. We're offended. Pastor Roe, we our, our marriage was going through a rough time and you didn't call me. Do you know my, my marriage was going through a rough time too? It's not because I didn't care about your marriage. I was trying to keep my marriage afloat so that I, maybe one day I can help. Lisa was here. She'd be like, calm down, Ro. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Here's the truth. The body of Christ has allowed this intruder into the life of their soul. And I'm going to let you know right now that we are going to be offended. Listen, you are going to be offended Someone's going to say something that they shouldn't have said. Someone's going to do something that they shouldn't have done. Someone's not going to meet an expectation that you've wanted them to meet. Someone is, you are going to misunderstand someone and get offended by your interpretation of what you think that they said. We're going to be offended. Now, listen, if you're in ministry, offenses happen. The question is, are we going to make it a moment or a mentality? The other day, Dyron and I were having a conversation. Dyron and I were having a conversation. And in that conversation, the conversation, we're we, we pulling back the current all the way right now. In that conversation, we were talking about production and quality. And, and the request was, Pastor Roe, would you be able to trust us to do this? Because I think sometimes we're not trusted in this area and we need to be trusted in this area. And I nodded and I said, I think you're right. I don't trust you. This is me and Dyron having a conversation and I asked them permission to share this with you guys because I want to show you that if you allow this intruder of offense to become more than a moment in a mentality, it'll ruin some of the best relationships. Oh my God, I feel like I'm speaking with the anointing of God. It'll ruin some of the relationships that were meant to be a lifetime, but because you got offended, you've cut them off and you've destroyed the relationship because you've allowed the offense to be a mentality and not just a moment. And in that conversation, Dyron was offended. I offended Dyron because I said I did not trust him in that area. And he had a decision to make. I didn't know I offended him. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know I offended him. I wouldn't have known I offended him unless a couple of days later, I think it was after prayer, we were having a conversation about offense and he brought it up and he shared with me, you know, this is what happened and this is how I felt. And what I realized it was that there was something on the inside of me that I was dealing with that you simply put your finger on. It's the same thing when I dislocated my shoulder. I wasn't wearing my brace and people would bump into my shoulder and they would hurt me. But it's not because, see, normally you bump into me, I'm not hurt on my left shoulder, but on my right shoulder, you hurt me, you offended me. But it's more so because I'm already dealing with something and that's oftentimes what happens. You need to understand that when you get offended, can we spend some time asking first? And Dyra and I were able to have a conversation. We were able to communicate where the misunderstanding was. And we allowed it to be a moment in our relationship rather, rather than a mentality that we adapt to relate with each other. And I'm going to tell you this marriage is right now that you've adapted the mentality of offense. That when something is said, whether it's with bad intentions or not, we misunderstand it and we are offended over a misunderstanding. We're offended over something that was said and we are adapting this mentality of offense. I know that this world, the Bible says that this world system, we're, the world is operating with this system. They're operating with this system. 
But it says when you know the promises of God, when you have a relationship with God, you can say these things need to be removed from my life. And I'm not going to let a moment to become a mentality. And so maybe we need to ask, when I'm offended, and this, this is what I do, if I'm offended by something, I start asking questions and I ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me. Sometimes we just need to ask, why am I offended? Sometimes we need just to ask before we react, why am I offended? Am I looking to be offended? Is there something that I'm already holding against this person that I treat them with contempt? Like, like they've offended me in the past, and so now any little thing that they say I misconstrued and use it as an offense? Have I allowed my soul to become so susceptible to offense that even when someone doesn't say hello or someone doesn't shake my hand, I get deeply offended? We've allowed this intruder to dictate and ruin some of the happiest moments of our life. We can have an amazing time and one little thing happens, we're offended and it ruins everything because we've allowed the intruder to take space in our house, in our home. We need to ask the question, am I offended because there's truth to their comment? Am I offended because what's being said is piercing my heart because something is true? Am I offended because I just disagree with them? Am I offended because they chose to disagree with me? Am I offended because I misunderstood? Should I have given them the benefit of the doubt? Should I have heard their heart more than what I think they said? Here's the truth. These are practical things that we can use. But according to the Bible, the way we approach this is by, write this down, you have to choose to release forgiveness instead of holding a grudge. I have to choose to to, to release forgiveness instead of holding grudges. I'm going to release forgiveness instead of holding grudges. I'm going to release forgiveness instead of holding grudges. Yes, people will offend me. They will say offensive things that I won't be able to stop them from saying. They're going to make it difficult not to be offended. People are going to be rude. People are going to say hurtful things. People are going to wound. Yes. And I might not be able to stop them, but I'm able to release forgiveness. I'm able to respond in a healthy way. And I'm able to create boundaries for people that might have a propensity to offend others. Look what Colossians chapter 3 says. It's amazing. It says, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaic or uncivilized, slave or free. It does not matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not circumcised. If not, it doesn't matter if you're barbaric. It doesn't matter what class you are. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter how you identify yourself. None of that matters when you place your faith in Jesus. Why? Christ is all that matters and he lives in us. Verse 12, since God chose you to be his holy people, he loves you. He, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make, verse 13, verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Make allowance. Like there's some people that they say something the wrong way one time. And they get cut off. You walk away from them. You ignore them. One time. One offense. The Bible says make allowance for, for someone, for, not, for another's faults. It says, forgive anyone who offends you. Forgive them. Can, can I just say this? I don't know if I've offended people, but if I have, can I say, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me? Can you do something else for me? Would you be able to look at someone else that you've offended? Because I know that we're, right? It's crazy when they offend me, but I know I've offended others. 
How dare you offend me, even though I, I, I offended three or four people a couple of weeks ago. I offended my mother, I offended my brothers, but you're going to offend me? It says, give allowance for faults. It says, forgive every time somebody offends you. Can we just have a moment of just releasing forgiveness instead of holding grudges? And look what it says, forgive as quickly and completely as the master has forgiven you. There are intruders, intruder alert, intruder alert. Today we serve notice. Anger, you're not welcomed here. Offense, you are not welcome here. Why? Because Jesus took the wrath of God. Why? Because Jesus gave me peace to forgive others. Why? Because it because that intruder has no authority in my space, in my home, in my marriage, in my life, in my family, in my soul. Intruder alert, you are not welcome here. We're not going to make room for you. We're going to remove you and we're going to live the abundant life God has for us. We serve you notice today. Colossians makes it clear that these things intrude in your life. Watch this. They have no authority. So it's up to you to build it a room or to remove. Jesus cares so much for our soul that in Matthew 11, he says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest for my yoke is easy. He says, learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's called you to walk in the abundant life God has. And the only way you can do that is operating from a soul that is rested, a soul that is at peace, a soul that has rendered forgiveness to others. You will always be disturbed in your soul. You can see it in your eyes. You can see it in your facial expressions. You can see it in your mannerism. These begin to manifest. Some of us, it's hard for us to smile because we have been accustomed to frowning in our soul for so long that you could see it in the continents of your face that there's something on the inside that you've allowed. And Jesus says, I've, I want to give you rest. I did what you could not do. I came and I died for the sins that you could not pay for. I lived the life that you could not live so that you can gain the life that you would, absent from him, never receive. I want us to serve notice to the intruders of our soul today. Next week, we're going to cover two more, and I want you to tune in. But today, I want you to release that. And so I want to pray for you today. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, is there any, in my, is there any offense in my heart? Is there any anger that, that's in my heart towards something that I need to be emptied of? I need to empty this cup of wrath that I carry. I need, to, I need to shut down the room of offense that I've allowed in my home. I need to, to allow offense just to be a moment instead of a mentality. I want to pray for you today. And if you're listening Maybe you, you, you click the link and, and you know you're dealing with this and you're struggling with this. My advice to you is not, hey, let's, let's just, let's just uh, now take three steps on how to become better in these areas. No. It's allow the Holy Spirit to fill your space so much that it removes them from your life. And the only way you can do that is by placing your faith. It starts by placing your faith in Jesus. And when you place your faith in Jesus, you begin to learn about your authority in Christ. And you know what to allow and what to not allow in your life. That's who I want to pray for. I want to pray for two people today. Those that are serving notice and are going to use their authority to remove anger and allow the Holy Spirit to remove those offenses and release forgiveness and people to hold their peace. And number two, for those that want to place their faith in Jesus Christ and want to get started on the journey to living the abundant life that Jesus Christ has made available for you. If that's you today, would you, at the count of three, lift up your hand? One, Jesus loves you. Two, today is your day of salvation and freedom. Three, his grace is enough. I see your hand. 
I see your hand. I see the hand. I see. I know there's hands being lifted all over. Hands being lifted all over. Thank you. Would you bow your, your, your head and close your eyes with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray for every single person, Lord, that raised their hands, Lord. That they made a declaration on the outside of what's happening on the inside. Lord, I declare and I decree that anger will not have room in my temple. That anger will not have room in this body. That anger will not have room in my soul. That offense will not have room in my soul, Lord. And I pray that today the body of Christ will choose to keep their peace instead of losing their temple. That we will choose to release forgiveness instead of holding grudges. And that we would live freely. Intruder alert, you do not belong here. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if there's, a, if there's anybody here that wants to place faith in Jesus, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus, I receive your love. Therefore, I surrender my life. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins, for dying for me and being raised again on the third day. I believe you are the Son of God. And from this day forth, I am a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.